Today's podcast is sponsored by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash doctrine. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Welcome to Doctrine and Devotion, a podcast exploring Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Joe Thorne. I'm the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois. And I'm Jimmy Fowler, elder candidate at Redeemer Fellowship. So, uh, I, I took a look on the interwebs recently. Interwebs? Yeah. Is that what we call it these days? Yeah, yeah the interwebs. Because there's a bunch of... There's a bunch of webs? Yeah, there's a bunch of webs. That's, that's how it works. Okay, so wait. There's the dark web. The deep web. The dark web. So wait, is that two separate things? Deep and dark? Yeah, so the... So if you, Are we really going to get into this? Yeah, because I don't even know about this. You know okay. I don't know this stuff. So, the internet that most of us use is... Um, nobody cares about this, so you can skip ahead 30 seconds or so. Uh, the internet that most of us use is less than 1% of the data that's actually on the full internet. You're using Google and uh, other search engines and whatnot only lets you scratch the very surface of the internet. Yeah. Um, and that's where, that's where the, the good stuff is. Anyways, don't, no real need to go into the deep web. But the deep web is uh, everything else. These are the things that are not indexed, things that are hidden, and you can only access the deep web by using special browsers. There are two browsers that people use, that you download, that um, allows you to get into the deep web and it uh, masks your, your ID so that your, your surfing down there cannot be traced. And this is where people buy drugs and all kinds of things. A lot of, a lot of, a lot of stuff in there that's useless, a lot of stuff that's bad. Well, and I get beard oil from there. No, you don't. I do. And, I, I get uh, the good beard And what oil. browser do you use to do that? Oh, I can't shit. Netscape. Yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> that's old web. <laughs> yeah, well, can't track me. And then the dark web is, uh, you know, that part of the deep web where people hire the assassins and all that kind of stuff. But um, how did you get me onto this, anyways? Uh, you said interwebs. Oh yeah. Okay. So interwebs? I was on. I was on the interwebs. You're old. And uh, you know, some people were uh, yelling at us about something. Um, and I think somebody said that I, in one of our podcasts, that I, I said that fog machines are in accordance with the regulative principle. I don't remember you ever saying that. Um, I might have said that they're lame, and that sure. I, but that I don't care if you use them as long as you're preaching Jesus. Like, whatever. I'm not going to get upset about it. Yeah, like Nick, Nick's a friend of ours, and he enjoys the fog machines, and he preaches the gospel. I'm so sorry, Nick. Nick we we Batsig. lie about Nick Batzig all the time. There's no fog <laughs> machines at Nick's church. Lasers. Um, but I, I, I might have said that, that some people might consider that, you know, adiaphora or uh, the, those, those aspects of worship that are not essential that you can use or not use. But, uh, yeah, people were, uh, somebody anyways, was, was teeing off on us saying, things about us and uh and that, they were just trying to troll well you know what it uh it, it reminded me that um i because it didn't bother me i didn't like respond or anything because i don't i just don't care <laughs> i just don't like this and so if you're if you're new to doctrine and devotion this is a podcast where jimmy and i talk mm -hmm. and it's not academic it is not uh we don't have lots of footnotes and references so sometimes we reference stuff Sometimes things just pop into our head because this, is, yeah. this isn't scripted. Sometimes things pop into my head and I might say like, 
oh, hey, uh, this is something that I read in the Institutes. Um, and maybe I read it back in 95, so I don't exactly remember what page it's on. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> but, of course, I read it. So uh, hope you enjoy the conversation. Now, that's all that this is, and we just want to have fun and encourage each other and hopefully encourage you guys along the way. Uh, we talked about Satan earlier this week. Yeah. Yeah, and um, we're going to talk about spiritual warfare today. So, Joe, when we're talking about spiritual warfare, you know, give me a, a broad definition. You know, what, what are we talking about? Well, it, I, I believe that spiritual warfare is essentially the, the ongoing battle in the heart and life of a believer over sin and righteousness, faith and unbelief between the spirit that is in us and the flesh that we are still um, corrupted by. Mm -hmm. And so the, it's, it is an ongoing battle that is essentially a battle of faith between all that would come against us and our relationship with Christ. That's just off the top of my head. That's pretty good. That's what I. That's how I would. That's how I would summarize it. And I'm. I'm, I'm trying to be careful how I word it because, yeah. you know, when I became a Christian, uh, I kept meeting these uh, these these other Christians who would had a very different view of spiritual warfare, and you know their method of spiritual warfare involved kind of walking around and. Uh, well, they weren't just walking around aimlessly. So, but they they were very much into. I've got to bind the demon of drunkenness at this school and cast it out because if I do that, then that demon's work will be done. Yeah. Uh, it was, it was it, a lot of the, the people that I met early on had a very flashy, I'm going to say mm -hmm. uh, perspective and practice of spiritual warfare that involved a lot of overt drama. And I'm not saying that there isn't drama. Uh, I'm just saying like that what I saw there was very different from what I was experiencing yeah. and very different from what I, I tended to see in scripture as well. So it's different than like a prayer walk, right? Like, you know, sometimes people go and they want to, they walk around the block or they walk around a school and they're praying, you know, that. Are you uh, anti-prayer walk? No, I'm not. That's what I'm trying to say. We're not anti-prayer walk. Right. That's what, you know, because you said they go and they walk around. Yeah. So I want to make sure people understand. We're not saying, don't write in that we are anti-prayer walk. We are pro-prayer walking. We, we're, Yeah. PPW. That's right. That's what we do. We, that's what we call it yeah. when Joe and I go on our PPWs. Except we drive. Yeah, because <laughs> then we smoke our cigars. Yeah, we can cover more ground if we drive. That's it. So you know what? We're actually more prayerful than others. I think so. We I think are more we're faithful. accomplishing more by prayer driving than prayer Exa walking. Yeah, exactly. So st stop prayer walking. Start prayer driving. I can cover like, uh, I, in half the time, I can cover like twice as much or exactly. even more. Exactly. So. And my general prayer is affecting the whole region. See? That, that's spiritual warfare right there. Right there. Amen. <laughs> well, uh, we want to thank you guys for listening in. Uh, <laughs> this is Justin Bond of J Bond Media. <laughs> okay, so yeah, you, that was a... Yeah, and you talk about just that, uh, what you experience and what you're seeing, and sometimes it was more dramatic. I think when we think of spiritual warfare, uh, where I hear a lot, even I get the picture of like the exorcism. Yeah. Right? Like in that movie of just this really. What, what movie? Isn't it called Exorcist? Yeah. Okay. Exorcist. That yes. Exorcist. Just making sure. 
Is that not the right? You, I don't. You called it the Exorcism. All right. First of all, I never watched it. I, I was going to ask. Did you see that movie? No. You know I don't watch these kind of movies. I just Jimmy I, can't handle. I can Jimmy not. can't handle anything spooky or sad. No, I really can't. It really <laughs> bums me out. I can't even tell him what happens in a, sp- a spooky movie. No, or and a sad Joe movie. does that all the time. He'll be like, "No, for real. Let's 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 talk about this." And he'll be saying, "No, no, no. It's a really good story. It's a really good story. It's got a happy ending." And usually the ending is like the, the little kid dies. I hate that. You know I can't do that. And anyway, so yeah, no, I have not seen it. So yeah, we think about the movie The Exorcist or, or any of the movies that have come out. There's been a bunch of them in the last five years, a ton of exorcism movies, last 10 years really. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a very flashy, like, you know, like dramatic portrayal That's of right. demon possession. And sometimes demon possession is very dramatic and, and horrifying. I think most of the time it's not quite as overt. And spiritual warfare uh, might involve, it can involve, uh, the casting out of a demon. But by and large, what we're talking about is this battle that we have with forces unseen yeah. as we rely on the strength of God. Like, so, so you said sometimes it's, it's not necessarily overtly like that. Now, do you think part of that is uh, because of where we live? Like, and I'm asking a sincere question. Like, I think, do you, you know, we hear of, uh, places like in Africa and and other other countries that it seems there's the spiritual warfare or the the impact is much more widespread and visibly invisible or is more visible than we see here in the states and some would say because you know it's uh, we have this affluence that we hide or it's easy it's 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 easier to hide behind. Yeah, I think so. I think that you know we talked about this a uh, little bit. Uh, earlier in the week, that um, you know, the devil has strategies and schemes, and he attacks different people and places in different ways yeah. based on their weaknesses and where they're at. Mm-hmm. You know, for for us in this context, I, I mean, if the devil manifested himself, the scripture says that he masquerades as an angel of light. Yeah, for example. Yeah, if the devil were to present himself as a as a hideous figure, only only a true fool would be like, oh, I'm down with this. Mm-hmm. I want to follow this scary guy that's going to ruin me. Um, so he masquerades as an angel of light. And so he can present himself in different ways uh, through different religions even mm-hmm. to uh, various cultures in ways that either through fear and oppression or through enticing and luring, he brings people under control. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think the, you know, it's not as, as, as overt in, in our culture as it might be in others because – He's having a much more effective uh, influence by by hiding his face than by showing it here. Mm-hmm. So one of the you know when we're talking about spiritual warfare, a lot of you are thinking Ephesians six. Um, it's uh, it's it's a classic passage that deals with um, the armor of God. So I'm going to read it. It says uh, beginning in verse ten. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. So there's the idea. It, it, the devil's not just doing one thing. He's not just throwing a rock. He's not just using one weapon. He has various schemes, plans, and strategies. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, mm-hmm. but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. So here's the context of our enemy right? Spiritual, invisible. Yeah. We are talking about Satan and demons. And there may be, some people argue that there is a hierarchy 
of demons that we sometimes have to uh, fight or engage in, engage with. So here's what he says in verse 13. Therefore, in light of your spiritual enemy, take up the whole armor of God That's right. that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the, the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as for shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. Mm-hmm. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the spirit with prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. And also for me, that the words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. So, Paul says, you know, that there is a way for you to engage actively mm-hmm. in a spiritual war, a spiritual battle. And we are not fighting uh, as the world fights. Yeah. Instead, we are fighting by being rooted in the gospel That's right. and finding our strength in Christ. You know, it says that you, know, you take up this whole armor of God. In other words, you have to be prepared for a full engagement. Like you're, you're not just going to dabble in this. You have to be thoroughly prepared so that you can stand in the day of evil. Mm-hmm. And he says that you fasten on the belt of truth, right? This, this is going to hold your, your battle skirt together. Yeah. <laughs> this is basically <laughs> what it is. But you're going to put on this belt of truth, the truth of God. The, mm-hmm. We're talking proper doctrine, proper theology, and you have the, the, blessed, the breastplate of, of righteousness. And you know some people would say that this is the righteousness of Christ imputed to us. Um, other people would say, well, no, it's it's the life of godliness that Christ manifests in us, and both certainly uh, work here for that, that there is, you know, it's 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 ultimately the work of God for us, That's right. Christ's righteousness, or in us, our progress in godliness. Um, we have this, this readiness to engage in the battle because of the gospel of peace that we wear. Um, the shield of faith, right? We believe, we depend upon God, and it's this faith that extinguishes the flaming darts, right? The attacks, the accusations, the the temptations. It is our dependency on God and in Christ, knowing where we find our satisfaction and mm-hmm. our identity that pr- protects us from this. And this helmet of salvation that we wear, right? This, the, the, it protects us. It, it ensures our life and the sword of the Spirit, the Scripture itself that we wield both defensively and offensively. And, you know, the, the, the person that, it, that isn't holding on to the Scripture, the person that isn't fastened and secure with the truth, and, and after this he says, you know, with all prayer, the person that isn't praying is the person who is not ready to engage in spiritual warfare. That's right. The problem is they are already on the battlefield, and they are likely to be destroyed, overcome, destroyed, devoured, ruined. So, um, and when we talk about this, you know, I think sometimes there's, there's maybe not, yeah, I, I think I feel like there's a negative connotation to it, right? Like it's just this, uh, it's something that we put up with, right? As we, as we're progressing and as we're living out a Christian walk. But, uh, if you look at first Timothy chapter one, verses 18 and 19, says this, this charge I entrust to you, Timothy, my child, in accordance with the prophecies previously made about you, that by them you may wage the good warfare. 
holding faith and a good conscience by rejecting this. Some have made shipwreck of their faith. Right. And also uh, in Timothy six or first Timothy uh, six, chapter uh, chapter six, verse 12 says this fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and about which you made the good confession, the presence of many witnesses. And so this is this is something good. Right. This right. is ultimately good because, one, I think it's a sign of our salvation. If we are being afflicted, we are being tempted, we are we are waging in this uh, bat- and we're battling in this spiritual warfare. It is because the spirit of God is is with us and the enemy is coming against that. Yeah. And so it's a sign of our faith. It's a sign of our salvation, and ultimately, it's a sign of of the enemy's ruin, right? Because we we've been given the promise. That's right. Yeah, there there, there is no such thing as the unbeliever who. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, let me let me state it this way. I, I don't want to overstate it, so let, I'll be careful with my words. The devil doesn't have to afflict. Uh, unbelievers in the way that he has to afflict the church. Yeah, uh, the devil uh, has already blinded people's eyes and minds. But what he does is he, he comes against us, and it is a sign that we are God's people. It ought to not discourage us when we find ourselves in the midst of these uh, these bad spots of affliction and temptation. But it ought to it ought to really force us to look to God for the help that we need mm-hmm. in these times. And I think some people push back against the idea of spiritual warfare because it's been so like cheesified. Yes, you know it's it's been made really cheesy. Like thanks, Carmen. You know, uh, for the cheesy videos from the eighties. You know, you don't remember the nineties? <laughs> no. Okay, you're too young. So we have some. We is just it, is it the same as like the prayer towel. Uh, I don't know what the prayer towel is. Oh, you don't know the prayer towel? No. Oh, let me tell you about the prayer towel. What's the prayer towel? For nine ninety nine. Okay. You can go ahead and order a towel that's been prayed over. Yeah. And then you have this towel with you, and you receive the spiritual blessing and power and strength to combat the enemy and the evil one. What kind of towel is it? Uh, it's it's like terry cloth. Huh? What kind of towel? I know it's from J.C. Penny, but it's what color? It's, uh, yellow. Oh no! I don't know why, but it's it's yellow. No, so somebody sells this? Yeah, yeah, you can buy. No, I I'm looking up. All right, you look up prayer. You look up prayer. I'm towel. looking up prayer towel. So, like, we we have just really bad pop Christian culture uh, examples of spiritual warfare, and it all just smacks of a bunch of silliness. And this is anything but silly. This is serious. This is sobering. <laughs> this is dangerous. Did you find it? Prayer cloth, Benny Hinn Ministries. <laughs> <laughs> How, how much is it? Is it? I'm going to it. Hold on, hold on. The internet's being slow. The interwebs is being slow. Are you on the <sighs> Are you on the dark web? Uh, that's usually where I go. My Netscape is not moving as quickly as it used to. All right, keep going. I'll I'll, I'll get you the prices. We're going. All right. So, wait, but here's what I wanted to say: is that yes, the realm of the demonic, the the the, the spiritual realm. where Satan and and his are waging war against the church is a very real one. Just read the book of Revelation for crying out loud. But spiritual warfare is not simply a Christian battling a fallen angel. It is ultimately a fight over faith and unbelief. It is a a fight over sin and righteousness. It is a fight over the heart and the soul of a believer. And so spiritual warfare is oftentimes... um, doesn't even involve the devil. 
it just involves the, the human heart and the flesh. You know, in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 5, it says this, For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power mm-hmm. to destroy strongholds. Now, what are those? We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to yeah. obey Christ. So spiritual warfare is really working against these opinions raised against the knowledge of God, these ideas, these, these um, ideologies, yeah. these, these principles and temptations, these concepts that we that tend to captivate our hearts. These are the things that we oftentimes are, are fighting against in order that we may take every thought captive to obey Jesus. We're, we're, we're pushing back against the lies of the devil yeah. or the way that our flesh talks to us. Yep. We're pushing back against that with the truth of God while relying on, on, on Scripture and on the promises of the gospel. All right, you got that prayer towel thing? Yeah, I got it right here. It's right, prayer cloth. Say? Now, um, is it yellow? No, no. This one, it looks white click for a larger view it's like an off-white yellowish Uh, anyways uh you can carry the prayer cloth with you and place it on the bed or pillow or clothes of a loved one who is sick lost or oppressed personally anointed and prayed over by quote pastor uh end quote benny so he probably has a table with a thousand towels on it. And he prays over that. I'm table. looking at it right now. Yep, he's okay. got it's. A, they're all wrapped and everything. Uh, and it's a free gift. Oh, yeah, free, I can just have it? Huh? You I, can just have it. I'm gonna sign you up. It's a no. That's not funny. Don't do that. Oh, I signed no. you up for Trump. I'm gonna yeah, sign you up for Benny Hinn. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, yeah, you can get a prayer cloth. Um, but yeah, I think you're you're. So we're talking about then, you know, what are these things that we're waging war against? We mentioned the devil, uh, the flesh. We have enemies. We're fighting against the war, the world. Right. And, and ultimately death. Mm-hmm. So like we mentioned this last, uh, last episode that we can resist the devil, right? yeah. which implies that, that he's coming after us. He's That's right. Pressuring us. Um, we can resist the devil, and it says that he will flee from you. It's James 4, 7. Mm-hmm. But it's not like, how, how do you resist the devil? Like, what are you supposed to do? Do you use the Benny Hinn prayer cloth? Do you, you know, do you, do you, do you, I know you, you, you kind of like roll, like roll it up and then snap the devil in the butt, and he runs away. Like, what do you, what do you, how do you, how do you uh, resist the devil in such a way that makes him flee, like run away? It's only by, James says, submitting ourselves to God. That's right. We submit ourselves to God and resist the devil. And this means that we believe and confess the truth of Christ. And with that, we can confront this devil and he must leave. He has to go. So we don't have to be uh, afraid uh, of this. And, and I, I think that, you know, the danger on the one hand is, is the whole idea of spiritual warfare freaks us out or it cheeses us out. We don't want to have anything to do with it. Um, or we become overly obsessed with every single thing in our lives being yeah. super scrutinized because we're afraid that there's a spiritual battle going on over, you know, what frozen hot pocket I choose from, you know, the, the grocery store. You're telling me that freezer. does not have spiritual implications? Well, it, it could. It depends on how many you're buying and eating, I guess. No, I'm talking about the kind. Well, what kind do they have? Don't they have multiple kinds? Yeah, I don't need them. I don't know. 
like I would assume pepperoni, yeah. cheese, okay, sausage, and then Zoe's a supreme. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think what we need to do, what I need to do, is to be of the mindset that yes, in in every day that I live, I'm stepping onto a battlefield, mm-hmm. which is true. Um, I don't have to be afraid. I do have to be alert. Um, I have to submit myself to the Lord. I have to be uh, a conscientious Christian, meaning that I begin my day, continue my day, and end my day with the Word of God in my heart, on my mind, on my tongue, that I, I have the, the promises of Scripture like held tightly in my hand, so that when I'm going about things that seem unimportant, uh, maybe they are. Maybe there are dangers there that I'm unaware of. I don't have to worry about every single little thing going on. Yeah in my day-to-day activities because I am prepared by virtue of wearing the armor of God, which enables me to stand up against the schemes of the devil. So when we're facing, Jimmy, when you're facing temptation, Mm -hmm. right? Like, so let's say you're going about your day and temptation hits. Maybe that's coming from the devil. Maybe it's coming from the flesh, right? Maybe it's coming from the world. Maybe all all three are like tag teaming you and they're they're trying to ruin you. We don't know. We don't always know what's going on. But let's say you face a temptation, on a practical level, if you recognize this is a battle, mm-hmm. I'm called to fight, the good fight, what do you do? How do you, in a practical sense, engage in spiritual warfare in the midst of temptation or discouragement? What are maybe the first few things that you might do? Yeah, the first few things that I do is um, I, I first text somebody. It depends on what it is, right? Like I, I, if I'm engaging in something or in, in a spiritual battle, uh, I first begin to pray and then I text my brothers who I love and trust and meet with. So it doesn't matter what it is. If I'm having a terrible day at work and I can sense that uh, I am becoming really critical or uh, angry, angry. You've, you've called me. Oh, I've, yeah, I like, called. Hey man, you need to pray for, pray for my heart. Exactly. And part of that is one, you know, I need to be praying and looking to God, but also I need to be open and honest with those around me of my sins and my struggles so that they could speak the gospel to me and hold me accountable uh, and ask me later, hey, how did that go? How did the rest of the day go? You know, what happened after that? How did you respond? How did you react? Have you gone and apologized or repented to the individual again uh, again for, (laughs) for, for yelling at them or getting angry with them? Right. Yeah, I think, you know, um, you you said pray and that, that needs to be our immediate response always. And the fact that you know it's important to bring in your brothers, your community for help is very wise. I, I think more of us need to be doing that more frequently because there's a temptation. That's right. Like, I'll just do this on my own. Or just, I'll be, Jesus will take care of it. I don't need to rely on my exactly. brothers. And that's definitely the way I'm wired. But I think it's, it's easy for us to try to hide that, right? Like, because I think if, if we're not open and honest about our sin and our struggles, then when we do fail, it's easy for us not to bring it up and well, yeah. to continue down that path. Absolutely. Uh, and, and never repenting and never uh, changing. Yeah, you, we, we've got to welcome people in to see that. And as a guy that's kind of wired and raised to be more stoic and do it, don't ask for help, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it's not that... You know, sometimes it's because I'm embarrassed and I don't want to ask for help because I don't want people in my business. But other times it's because I don't want to bother them. Like, man, I know, like, 
you know, Jimmy and Brian and Pat have a lot going on today. I don't want to bother them with this. I don't want to stress them out with this. So I'll just deal with it on my own. But do you feel like we bother you when we text you? No, of so course then not. Why, yeah, yeah. So then why, you know, that's... No, well, it's just like we, all, we always have these excuses in our minds, yeah. right? That, that, that there are always bad reasons to not do it. So be, you know, be like we have small groups in which we're all very honest with each other. Mm. Those are mixed company men and women. We have like discipleship groups at our church where just men or just women get together. And, and those they, are two to three people. Yeah. Those are smaller gatherings yeah. and uh, it gets very real. Um, and you need those, you need those kind of friendships and relationships where people know your struggles, not just, not just commiserators who are like, Oh, you screwed up again. Okay, man. Yeah, me too. But like guys that will love you and push you in the right direction. Another thing that we have to do in the midst of, of the spiritual battle is to use the word of God. Well, that's right. And you know, we see Jesus doing this when tempted Mm. by the devil. One of the things that I think is important for us though, is is to be a people who are so regularly in the word yeah. so that when the temptation comes, we don't have to scramble looking for the magic verse. We already have the scripture in our hearts. So here, for an example, you know, when I am confronted with um, a, a complaining heart, mm. like when I am dissatisfied and frustrated and angry because of a situation, um, now, I can go and look for a verse, right? Yeah. That's very on target. You know, do all things without complaining. Um, but what I tend to find to be most helpful is when I've already been in the Word. I started my day in the Word. And so I was maybe in the proverb of the day, which is something I like to do a lot. Or I've been, in, like, you know, this week I've been in First uh, Thessalonians uh, chapter 4. So whatever I've been in that day, that's what I like to go back to. Yeah. And there, God's already been at work in me with that. And it usually relates very, very well mm-hmm. to the temptation, uh, to the affliction, to the danger, uh, to whatever it is that I'm facing. The, the, the person that, that spends time in the Word of God early, as a general rule, I think they are better equipped to go back to the Word, and they're more likely to use the Word later in the day as they are encountering spiritual difficulties. And so, yeah, I think it's kind of, and I I'm find myself in this place at times and in seasons where you're, it's, it's always funny to me, and like I said, I find myself in that, where people are struggling and, and they, they're in the midst of the battle, and yet they don't have the weapon to do battle with, right? Right. They don't have the word of God and they're not, they're not looking, you know, they haven't been growing in that. Mm-hmm. And then they wonder, why is this happening? Why, why is it that God has left me? Well, it's not that, not necessarily that God has left you, but you yourself have not, you, you don't have the right tools. Right. You are not, you are not growing yourself to combat these things. They are means of grace. That's right. Right. Prayer and the word. And so like when we're talking about, you know, spiritual warfare, um, if, if we didn't include as a part of our fight strategy um, and battle, if we didn't include corporate worship, mm. then we, we, aren't even, we aren't even beginning to deal with how we properly combat uh, the sin in our lives and our enemy because it's the gathering of the church together on the Lord's Day, right? Saturday. <laughs> Sunday. Uh, it's the gathering of the church on the Lord's Day where the word is preached mm-hmm. and prayers are lifted up and songs are sung. Uh, and the, the songs that, that lift up the, tr- the truth of God 
uh, where you know the the Lord's Supper is received, where we see people baptized, and and all of this. Like so, this is this this glorious triumphant uh, it, it, like expression of of Christ's victory for us all. If if you want to take spiritual warfare seriously, if you want to combat the sin in your life and combat the devil, then corporate worship will really be a part of it. And, and that just, means and that means not just showing up. Yeah, of course. You know what yeah, I mean? Like yeah. that. Well, we say of course. Yeah. But I I feel functionally, you know. Oh no, we all do it. We yeah. all do it, right? Well, no, it's, it's, it's an of course that we all have to remind ourselves of, not just others. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, like you look at Jude, uh, verse three. Beloved, although I was very eager to write to you about our common salvation, I found it necessary to write appealing to you to contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. So it's that contending, right? There's an earnestness behind our gathering Yeah, is that we are remembering uh, the life, death and resurrection of Christ. And we are uh, we are seeking to glorify God and to worship him for what he has done. And I mean, that should be when we come to a Sunday morning. Uh, to the corporate gathering, it, we should be overflowed with joy. Yeah. And yet I run through the motions. It's easy to, it's easy to, especially if you've got stuff to do, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah. Yeah. You yeah. Know, like, so whether you're preaching or you're, you're managing all the volunteers or whatever you're doing, or you have a fancy football league and team and you got to want to get out of the service so you can go get your lineup set up. Cause some guy got injured during the warmups. Yeah, I don't. I don't even know how that works. No, you don't know because your son handles it for you, and we don't allow you to be part of our league unless Eli is running the team. He's a smart twelve-year-old, and uh, I trust him to do that. But the, the, distract- but the distractions is what yeah, we're talking yeah, the about. The distractions here. that that come into worship, um, the, I, and I think most of the distractions that come into worship, we we br- they bring we bring them with us, right? Yeah. And the reality is, is those distractions ought to be what are compelling us to really focus in because all of those distractions are are begging for our time or they are afflicting our minds we are concerned we are worried uh we are um we are discouraged and depressed we should be coming into worship maybe maybe you can't come into worship with a joyful heart but you can leave with one yeah right so you, you should you should come in with all of those Good. distractions all of those burdens all of those things that are clamoring for your attention or trying to lead you away from the truth of the gospel you get to church on the lord's day and what happens all the means of grace are present god's people are present that's your family mm. and they love you and they are fighting with you and for you and we are what we're celebrating the victory that we have in christ so the 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 aspect of corporate worship in spiritual warfare, I hardly ever hear it talked about, but it is of paramount mm-hmm. importance. And one thing that I, uh, you, you ought to pick up Table Talk uh, by Martin Luther, and he says some crazy things in there, but he also says <laughs> a lot of really good things in there. And one of the things that Martin Luther believed was that the devil hates music. He hates song. And so you know, Luther says frequently that... Um, that one of his methods for battling the devil is to sing. Hmm. He sings songs of praise to God. He breaks out the instruments. Uh, Luther also says that he farts at the devil in table talk. So as, as a means of, <laughs> of combating him. So he, he says some weird things, um, but he really believes that song is important. And, and here's where we can definitely agree with him. Song is one of the prescribed uh, instructions like it's one of the prescribed aspects of, of corporate worship that God has for us. Mm. So it, it's like you're like, oh man, I'm not really into music. 
Well, you better sort of get into it. Yeah. I mean, you better find a way to embrace singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs because that is what one of the things that God uses to sanctify you, to build you up so that you can stand fast in the midst of the devil's attacks. So during worship then, you know, uh, what does that look like then in the life of the believer? And I'm, I'm not one to say everyone has to be you know, hands raised, you know what I mean? And maybe I'm going off a different subject, but I'm talking about how do you, how do you worship on Sunday? Especially as we're talking about the spiritual warfare, you know, cause some would say, yeah. you know, the Baptist clap is, is, is a sign of, out of time, out of time. <clears throat> it's out of time. And it's uh, a, you know, a sign of like, there's no, there's no passion. There's no joy. There's no, there's none of this, no. but if we go to a sporting event, we have no problem cheering and right, clapping right. and and jumping around, right? And yeah. so, and I'm not I'm not a clear you know a, a, a cheer clapper jumping around kind of guy, um, but so it's a serious question though. What is that? What is that? I like? I've seen you stand up, kick a chair over, and pump your fist when you make a huge sale for your company. Yeah, <laughs> and then that's it. So, but I've, so never, you know, I've never how, seen how you that... stand up and kick a pew over and pump your fist because Jesus is risen. So I'm concerned. I, and that's why I'm trying to ask this question. Yeah, people, people make a big deal out of this. So let's make it real simple, right? Jesus says, I think it's in John 4, that um, we are to worship in spirit and truth, mm-hmm. right? 4-4, four, four, I think. God is a spirit. We must worship him in spirit and truth. Um, something like that. So worshiping in spirit and in truth means, I believe— it's a lowercase s is my in translation and interpretation here okay. um, that we worship spiritually. That means authentically. That means but with faith, like that our hearts are in this. We worship uh, in spirit and in truth. And mm-hmm. in truth means we worship the true God according to the ways of God. Mm. So real worship is the offering of of ourselves, our words, everything, to the Lord, to the one triune God of the universe, in the ways that he has prescribed in his word. Are you talking about the regulative principle? Well, it always comes up, right? The regulative principle, which means that we only include as essential elements in our corporate worship those things that God has commanded us to do. Mm -hmm. So uh, the reading of the word, the preaching of the word, the offering of prayers, the sacraments, songs, offering, uh, you can have testimony, uh, you can have these things, and you need to have these things uh, that are that are um, leading everyone towards worshiping the God with our whole heart. Now, it's going to look different for different people, and this is really the point that, okay, well, so some people, their hands are up. Mm-hmm. They raise them up in the air like they just don't care. And, uh, <laughs> and so, and that's great. And I understand mm-hmm. that. And you'll find me on occasion raising yeah. up a hand or two hands. And, uh, my, my, my wife has done that sometimes, but by and large, we are not by and large when I'm singing and the, and I'm really gripped by the truth of the gospel and God is working in my heart. Oftentimes my hands are, are kind of tightly pulled together mm-hmm. and that's just how I respond to it. Yeah. Um, oftentimes my my head drops a little bit and I sing very loud, mm-hmm. but my head drops and it, that's, that's how I naturally respond in the midst of it. I don't think it's disrespectful to raise my hands and look up and I don't think it's disrespectful for my head to drop and for my hands to be folded. The important thing is that we are worshiping in spirit and in truth mm-hmm. and we have to flesh that out. We have to figure it out and it's not always as clear as we would like it to no. be. But I would say that some people are 
stilled by worship and they they get they get there is a sense of 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 holy sobriety that comes upon them and then other people um are are filled and stirred with this enthusiasm and one is not better than the other that's right they're different so i like when i go to when i when i when i i've worshiped with uh the worship team from eric mason's church Mm -hmm. There's clapping mm-hmm. and dancing, and it's amazing. My wife loves it, and uh, and I get tired because <laughs> I don't have energy. Um, but it's it's great. It's fantastic. And then you know I'll, I can go to you know First Baptist Church of any town, mm-hmm. and it's much more subdued. And I don't think that that the people that are subdued don't have passion. I think it might be manifested in a different way. Yeah. So in either case, right? It's still the spirit of God working in the midst of the of corporate worship and it's during that time where we we are doing battle we are doing battle against unbelief um and and these distractions and being maybe the right word is reoriented would you say that reoriented uh back to christ yeah i mean constantly we need that we tend to drift. I tend to focus on the other things. I get distracted and, and overwhelmed by the responsibilities that I have. And, and when that's happening uh, and the temptations come, I'm not as ready as I need to be. Mm-hmm. You know? So I, I think when we're talking about spiritual warfare, what we really mean is that there must be uh, an, an – uh, let me say it like this. You can't be a pacifist and be a follower of Jesus. You can't be not in the spiritual realm. You, you, you have to be willing to fight and you fight your true enemies, yeah. the world, the flesh and the devil. And we fight them spiritually with the faith, the faith once for all delivered to the saints. So I think we need to have this, this readiness. Like when we wake up in the morning, um, I don't have to think today's the day I'm going to fight, uh, though it is a day I'm going to fight. But I do have to think today is a day that I need to draw near to God who is my shelter. He is my shield. Uh, Psalm 91, right? He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. Mm-hmm. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Right? Mm-hmm. So, and he says, you will deliver me from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions and under his wings you will find refuge. So you get all of this, right? There is the sense of protection from assault by those who dwell in the shelter of the Most High, who are under his wing, who are under his care, who are under his protection. We need that every day. So, okay, we've talked about uh, prayer. We've talked about scripture. We've talked about uh, community. We've talked about corporate worship. What about the Lord's Supper? I mean, we know it's a, we, we, we know it's a means of grace, but how how is the Lord's Supper... Uh, part of this battle well i think it ties into faith and repentance as in part Mm. right because when we take the lord's supper and at redeemer we do it every week because you're supposed to um so (laughs) when we take the lord's supper what are we doing we are confessing our sin and we are confessing our christ confessing our savior and we are drawing near to him in this act um, by faith and Christ himself uh, is drawing near to us, and we have this communion or this fellowship with him in that time. 
So yes, this is a critical aspect of corporate worship and therefore a critical aspect of spiritual warfare. Because really what's happening in spiritual warfare is uh, I am repenting. Like that's a big part of spiritual warfare. I'm repenting of sin. I'm, I'm rejecting the temptations and I'm holding fast to Jesus. And one of the most important ways in which we do that is through uh, the bread and the wine yeah. that we are offered um, by the church. So Joe, um, we've got a lot of listeners out there that like to, that like to read. And there's some people that struggle with finding the time to read and they're busy. They're busy. Do you have any suggestions for them? Uh, carve out more time in your day to um, read more. That's good. That's good. That's one. Now okay. next. But if they can't do that, mm-hmm. uh, they should definitely check out audible.com. Oh. Audible is uh, a sponsor that we're working with. And uh, we love what they do because they have uh, tons and tons, th- tens of thousands of audiobooks. So if you don't have time to read, you can listen to their audiobooks and they have great readers. Uh, oftentimes the authors are doing it. And Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a 30 day free trial if you check out their service through uh, this podcast. So if you want to download a free audiobook, uh, and try it out, trial out the whole thing for free, see what they've got, you can go to audibletrial.com slash doctrine. So go to go there, make the, sure the slash doctrine is in there, mm-hmm. and uh, they'll give you, you can choose any book you want. This week we're recommending The Institutes of the yeah. Christian Religion by John Calvin. It's, it's, it's a big boy, it's, uh, but it's a great book. It's devotional, it's satisfying, it's, it, it, it's, it's supremely biblical. I, I, I love it. Even when I disagree with it, I'm just, I'm really captivated by, by what I'm reading. So check out the Institutes of the Christian Religion or check out any other book you want. They got fiction. They got it all. Uh, you can go to audibletrial.com slash doctrine for your free audiobook, And uh, I, I can't wait to hear. If you're doing that, let us know. Uh, mm-hmm. Send us in. Let us know what you're listening to and we'll talk about it on air. So Joe, you know what I have over here? What do you got? Mailbag. Re- what do you? I don't see it. Where is it? Oh, it's right here. Okay, what? Uh, oh, look at that. That sounds like a drawer, but whatever. Okay. I, I, it's Shuffle a paper. Shuffle some paper. It's all uh, email. It's all. There you go. That work? No, that don't work. That's Samuel Rutherford. Put that down. All right. Well, why can't I put it? That's a good one. All right. So this question here is from Gavin Bates. And Gavin writes, uh, as I understand it, you guys are not Sabbatarians, so you take exception to London Baptist Confession of Faith uh, and the Westminster Confession no. of Faith on that. Can you flesh out your position on the why Lord's Day? Why are you Day? doing this to me? Thanks. <laughs> why, would you, why would you read the mailbag one on the Sabbath? That's, we have to do a yeah. whole podcast on that. Uh, yeah, but you can give it just a... Just give us a general okay. flesh right, so, out idea. Um, how do I differ... From the mm-hmm. 1689 on the Sabbath. That's right. All right. Well, first, let me say that I affirm very much of what the 1689 has to say on worship and on the Sabbath. Um, the difference for me is, and we're going to talk about this in a podcast, so you can send your emails, but we'll get to it later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, in, I think we're doing that in October. October, yeah. yeah. So we'll talk about it uh, next month. But for now, let me say this. I believe that the, uh, the fourth commandment is perpetually binding, right? So I think it's still in play. But I think that the fourth commandment is now kept in the new covenant by gathering with the local church on the Lord's day. 
And I think that gathering with the local church on the Lord's Day is your fulfillment of the fourth commandment. Um, so I, what I'm implying then is that it need not be a 24-hour period of time, mm. but that it is the church gathered under the word, sacrament, fellowship, song, all of that. And if that lasts two hours or if that lasts 12 hours, I think so I don't think it's wrong to recreate on the Lord's Day. I don't think, um, I'm not, I'm not going to split hairs. Yeah. You know, can I toss the ball with my kid in the backyard? Isn't that recreating? If it, if it isn't, why can't I play softball? I can't play softball because I'm not good. I'm afraid of the ball. <laughs> I can hit that ball, man. I can hit it. I can hit a triple. Um, but I, I can't. What? I can hit a triple play. Like, you know, a triple play? What do, you, what do you call it when I... Oh, my gosh. What do you call it when you hit it and you get on to third? It's called a triple, but a triple play is different. That's, a, that's Well, I said deep. a triple, and you said what? Yeah, but you said... Because tri- I was surprised you then knew then what I that word it was. Triple play. Okay, well, triple play is different. All right. So I can hit and get on the base, but uh, I can't... If they, if they hit the ball to me, I'm afraid. I can't catch it. I'm no afraid. triple plays, then. Okay, so definitely no triple plays. Um, so, yeah, I don't think there's a problem with recreating on Sunday, the first day of the week. Um, but I do think that what needs to take priority and what has to happen is the church needs to gather together. That, that would be my summary answer, and we can talk more about it um, in October. In I know that will be unsatisfying and uh, outrageous to some of our 1689 brothers and sisters. Sorry. You got more mail over there that I don't know anything about? Uh, yes. Okay, awesome. Yes, I do. Are you ready for this? I don't know. All right, uh, this one, he asked to remain anonymous. How come you always read the anonymous ones? I know, but he asked for it, though. All right. Um, he goes, say you have someone who is a strong elder candidate, the character, the doctrine, the selfless care for the body, for the church body, all that is there. However, they struggle with teaching and not necessarily because they don't know how, but they are just, quote, socially awkward and they get nervous in front of large congregations and such. They know their stuff and they do a great job of teaching one-on-one, but they struggle when the crowds get bigger because they don't have much experience often in that area. How would you about how would you go about growing that gift in a person? Obviously, some men are more, quote, naturally gifted in this area than others, but I believe all of your elders should have the ability on one level or another to fill the pulpit if needed. So what would you do? Have you had personal experience with this? What books do you recommend? Six to, oh, hashtag 1689 for life. Okay. And sola de gloria. <laughs> All right. Any other Latin phrases or nope, that's years that he wants to throw in? Um, well, okay. I, w- I would say this, that in First Timothy 3, it's, it's very clear, right, that, um, that one who is going to be an elder, overseer, pastor, um, must be able to teach. Now, it, it doesn't mean that they have to teach in the same way as every other elder, yeah. and it doesn't mean that they all have to be as gifted as one another in their teaching responsibilities. So to be able to teach, as I understand it, is the ability to accurately uh, communicate the Word of God and to do so in a way that uh, the people receive it, mm-hmm. that they can understand it, and it, they are not... Um, you know, like, because anybody can lecture, anybody can read a page. Yeah. But to teach means that you can actually instruct fruitfully. So, in our case, not all of our elders preach on Sunday morning. Now, any of them would be willing if, if we said we need you to preach, they yeah. would do it. All of them would do it. But we have two who would say that's not my gift. It's it, it's not something that um, I am 
uh, called to do in that you know formal preaching sense, mm-hmm. but they can all teach, and they all teach very well. So if your elder teaches better one-on-one and he is not a preaching elder, I think that that's okay. That's fine. But he has to be able to shepherd. Yeah. And that, a part of that is teaching. He has to be able to do that. So I don't think it's a problem if you have elders that can't preach in that formal sense on the Lord's Day, uh, but they have to be able to teach. That, that much is clear. So I don't, I, don't, I don't have a problem with um, all of the elders, not all of the elders being able to, to preach the Word mm-hmm. on the Lord's Day. Yeah, and I think— uh, one of the things you had mentioned in the email there was um, maybe they just haven't had the opportunity. They just feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So, you know, providing opportunities yep. for their growth, maybe not necessarily on a Sunday morning, you know, because we don't want to set someone up uh, for, you know, for embarrassment. Right. And then it's going to throw them off. They're not going to want to try it again. Don't give them a bad experience. You got to set them up to succeed. And, you know, for us, we do that through our preaching labs and right. our leadership labs. Um, is we give men the opportunity to be growing in this area. Um, and then also then, you know, for like even some of our elders, like you were talking about, Joe, that may not feel uh, gifted to preach, they do still teach and share the gospel mm-hmm. in uh, other ways, in other gatherings like our men's ministry. Yep. You know, they, they, they take turns uh sharing and and teaching and preaching there community groups community groups right so there are opportunities uh and and if you're not providing opportunities then you need to be giving them those opportunities to right. grow in a safe uh place and where they can succeed and shine and grow right like pastor pat um you know you, if you listen to the podcast we talk about pastor pat a lot and he was on a little while ago with us uh for a, an episode i'm his best friend he's my best friend i'm like both of their sixth best friend uh you got to seven did i drop to seven yeah okay. drew dick uh oh, that's right drew dick was around for a while yep um Pat would tell you, Pat tells people, that's not my spiritual gift. Mm-hmm. Um, spirit, preaching is not really what I primarily do. Um, but he can teach. He teaches really well. Yep. But the truth is, is he does preach, and he preaches well. Mm-hmm. Uh, we send him out to preach at other churches. He preaches here at Redeemer at least four times a year. Um, so the, even even there are, there are guys who would say, well, that's not my strong suit. Um, I don't feel super comfortable doing it. I wouldn't want to do it every week. Uh, we have guys that are ready to go at, at, at any moment. I've given Pat literally two hours notice and be like, all right, dude, you're up. Go. I woke up with a fever and I'm, I'm down and he, he'll do it. Um, and, and here's the thing. This is a guy who would say like, oh, well, you know, that's uh, not my gift. Uh, uh, you know, I'll do it. Uh, it's cool. I know it's good for me to do. Mm-hmm. But then we have people in the church saying, hey, we want Pat to preach more. Let's get this going. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what we do. So, um, I think you're right, Jimmy. Give people opportunities, you know, and you can be a church of any size and and give people opportunities. You know, goodness, if you've got 50 people in your church and you only have one potential budding leader that you're looking at, then meet with that guy yeah. and let him preach to you. Start coaching him. Start training him. Give him opportunities. See what happens. Um, I recently got a, a message from a guy who um, was not – he was at a church. He's called to the ministry. He's doing seminary online. And he's at a church, and they're just not going to train him. They're just not. It's a small church. It's a Baptist mm-hmm. church. And he was like saying, he's like, I don't know what to do. Like, I, I'm called to ministry. And, yeah. and, and it's not that they're saying I'm not called to ministry. They're just saying like, no, nah, we're just not really going to. We're not going to help you along. Yeah. So, you know, you got to, there's no excuses. Yeah. A church of any size should be able to do it. And That's honestly, right. I think churches that are smaller can usually do it better. 
than the large churches. Mm-hmm. That's been my experience anyways. Well, we want to give a special shout out to Justin Bond of J Bond Media, the audio and visual wizard of Doctrine and Devotion. If you've got any uh, photo, audio, or video needs, you need to hit him up, uh, jbondmedia.com. Now, how many O's are in J Bond Media? Because the way you say it, it sounds like there's a lot of O's, and I don't want people to get confused. When yeah, there's to find 16. The, there's, okay, so it's JB16OsND.com Media. That's it. Got it. J Bond Media. Or yep. on the website, you can just go ahead and click the link that we have there That'll in the show the notes. Yeah. We got the credits there. So that's probably the easiest. Just they, click if on you try that. to count out 16 O's, you're going to mess it up. Totally mess that up. Definitely. So this is, this is the best way for you to do it. And while you're there on our, uh, our website you can go ahead and leave us a comment with your thoughts or ideas you get the contact us page you fill out the form i we read them we get a lot of them every day um and so we appreciate that uh leave us any of your thoughts uh criticisms and we'll make fun of you we might we might if, if it's, it's unjust if it's really uncool then we might do that but so far everybody's been really everybody's awesome really, yeah everybody's helpful really, critique exactly we've gotten helpful critique and we've got so we're like, not gonna make fun of that no that's just, we got a ton of like good job we love it and then really really good topic ideas mm-hmm. so we are we are not running low on stuff to talk about uh we also would love it if um you would tell a friend about this podcast if you mm-hmm. like it then share it uh tune other people in or turn other people onto it um we had man we had 30 almost 35,000 downloads in August. That in was August our first alone. full month. Yep. And that's a lot for us. I mean, we we're just starting. We you know, mm-hmm. we're not we're not big dogs like uh Happy Rant and yeah. Reform Pubcast. No, no. Uh, we're just little podcasts starting out, but that was really encouraging for us to see to see those kind of numbers. So tell more people and tune them in. We uh, we would love to see your uh reviews on iTunes or whatever uh podcasting platform you choose. Uh uh, those help us and that helps us to raise the ranks. Listen, last time I looked on iTunes, like we, we had dropped again down and you know, who's above us? Who? Like Benny Hinn. Well, he does have the prayer, prayer cloth. I know, but I, <laughs> I'll tell you right now, if, if you guys don't get us higher in the iTunes ranking, we might have to go to the prayer cloth. No, we should do prayer cigars. Like you send us your cigars uh, and we will pray for you. We will smoke them and pray for you. Yes, that's how. That's that's how genius. we're gonna do it. I genius. That was genius, wasn't it? Send your cigars to eleven twenty five West Oak Street, St. Charles, Illinois. <laughs> <laughs> and we will be praying for you. You can find us on. Um, what do they find us? Uh, Twitter. Twitter and Instagram at Doc and Devo. We also have a Facebook fan page, Doctrine and Devotion. That's about it, right? That's about it. That's everything. We got it. Oh, we're on Instagram. Did you say that? Yep, at Doc and Devo. Okay. I'm tired. I need to. I need to. I need to go take a nap. Yep. Let's do this. Thanks, right. guys, for tuning in. We'll see you guys every Monday and Thursday. Later. Later.